Tonight we're going to be in Daniel 12, uh, 5 through the end. Um, so that's 5 through 13. <clears throat> then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen who is above the waters of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the, of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand toward the heaven. And I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times, and half a time. When the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked, My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless, and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that caused desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of days you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. So the main thing I wanted to uh, focus on from this text tonight was mainly the two questions and the, and the answers that are given uh, to those questions, and basically how those how those two questions point out um, that our peace in this life is not dependent about the amount of knowledge that we have in Scripture, but instead on the belief that, uh, that Christ is, one, in control, and two, expects us to uh, only just love, trust, and pursue Him in obedience. Um, so, if we, if, if we get started, we see the first, uh, the first thing that we see is Daniel... Uh, recognizing that there are two additional people now, one on either side of the bank of this river, and one of these people, uh, presumably angels, uh, one of these angels asks the question of how long until these astonishing things are fulfilled. Now, if, you're, if you'll remember, they just finished hearing a prophecy. This is through chapter 11 into uh, the first part of chapter 12. And uh, the interesting thing about this specific question uh, is that it doesn't have to do with well, how are these things going to happen, or you know what, like what's exactly happening, um, but it's about when, and there there's this like intrinsic, uh, uh, there's this intrinsic authority that is placed upon this man in linen, um, like the angel recognizes who this is and where this is coming from, um, but then the like the really cool part is that the man in linen actually. Uh, affirms that even further, uh, because at the start of his response, uh, it says, uh, the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand towards heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever. Um, so before answering, this man in linen first recognizes where this is all coming from. He's recognizing that this is coming from uh, from God the Father, from Yahweh, and it's under that authority that all this information has been has been given, and we know that that's what that means, what the, that phrasing means, because in Revelation ten, um, we don't need to turn there, but in Revelation ten, um, John sees an angel come down from 
uh, from heaven with a scroll. And then in verse 5 and 6 of chapter 10, it says, Then the angel I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven, and he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it, and the sea and all that is in it, and said, There will be no, no more delay. So we see both the raising of the hands uh, and the oath with similar language, um, both of these pointing to God the Father as being the, the source of authority for both of these matters. Um, so the actual answer that is then received is uh, really confusing. <laughs> um, so there's time, times, and half a time. And if, you, if you'll remember, this language was also used in Daniel 7. Um, so we'll kind of move past that because uh, I believe we've already talked about, about what that means. Uh, but then it's followed up with, uh, when the power of the holy people has finally has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. Uh, so the the question is, you know, relating to this king who does as he pleases, but more importantly about the resurrection. And if you'll remember, this is the first mention of the resurrection in the Old Testament. And so this is the first mention and the first response, the first answer to any questions that are given about this is, by the way, this is going to happen when you guys are completely broken. Um, yeah, so there, there, it's going to happen at a time when there, where there can be no confusion about whether or not it's by the power of man or by the power of God. Um, like the, the power of the Holy Spirit or the, of the Holy people will be completely broken. Um, and it's only through God's deliverance at the end um, that there will be peace. And this, uh, this theme of, of God's providential uh, deliverance is a pretty common theme through Daniel. I mean, we've seen um, Shadrach, Meshach, and uh, Abednego. We've also seen Daniel in the lion's den. Like, it's a, uh, a very, uh, very common theme through Daniel. Um, so, yes. Um, so all of this, the, the vision and the answer to the first question uh, is something that is very confusing. And it, also, and it then prompts Daniel to ask his question, uh, my Lord, what will the outcome of, of all of this be? Uh, so before, before the man in linen actually answers that question, he gives additional clarification on the timing that is given before that. Um, he mentions that uh, that many will be uh, many will be made purified, made spotless, and and refined. <clears throat> so, if you remember, I mean, we just talked about how this is going to happen when the holy people are completely broken. So, all this purification and refining is happening as um, as God's people are trending towards being broken. They're trending in the, in the wrong direction, but in spite of that. Um, they're being refined and um, and purified. And then he continues saying, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand. So even though they search for knowledge, as we saw in verse 4, um, even though they search for knowledge, they won't understand. They won't understand what, uh, what that knowledge means, uh, which for Daniel and the rest of the Israelite people is a relief. I mean, it's a relief of from the burden of thinking that they need to be the ones who change the hearts of the wicked. 
right? It's not solely their responsibility to, um, you know, to change their hearts. And we know that the, that the wicked will continue uh, in their wicked ways, not just from this, but also from Jeremiah 17.9, uh, which says, the, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it. So we know that it's not under the power of, of man that's, um, that we're able to stop any of the, the wickedness from wicked people. So then he continues and says, but those who are wise will understand. Which begs the question, what does it mean to be wise? Uh, well, for Daniel, this I think Daniel has been an excellent example of what it has meant to uh, live in biblical wisdom. Um, I mean, if we look at some of the situations that he's been in um, during, during his time in, in uh, Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar and under the other rulers, if he would have listened to worldly wisdom, um, they probably would have told him to play it safe. You know, tell the rulers what they want to hear, keep your head down. Um, but no, he's very blunt in how he how he addresses the rulers and their the visions that these uh, that these rulers see. Um, another instance of worldly wisdom, you know, he, he may have heard, "Hey, Daniel, you know." Probably a good idea if you maybe change up your prayer habits for just a little bit so that you don't get thrown in the lion's den. Um, but instead, he had a right understanding of wisdom and what it actually means to be wise. And we can find uh, what it means to be wise in Proverbs 9, verse 10, uh, which says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So Daniel had a, a correct understanding of wisdom in all these circumstances that he was under the authority of Yahweh. It was not under any of the, the, the worldly or earthly rulers that he was under. Um, he wasn't subject to, to their judgment. He was under the authority of, of Yahweh. And I think that's a really important thing to understand, right? Wisdom and understanding is the recognition of what state we're actually in. It's not, it has nothing to do with our current circumstances or anything like that. It has to do with understanding that, that we're in such a lowly state that God is fully justified to do whatever he wants to do, uh, regardless of whether we like or understand it. Um, and it's out of this fear of the Lord uh, that comes the fruit of obedience, trust, security, and endurance that we see in Daniel's life. Um, and it's from this fear of the Lord that, uh, that we find strength to be submissive to God's word for our purification and, and refining. So who else, um, like who else doesn't understand the circumstances that they're in? Well, Job is a great example of that. So if you'll turn with me to Job 42. So most of us are familiar with the story of Job. Um, he doesn't understand the situation that he's in. Um, he has lost his family. He's lost his livelihood. His health is gone. And he has received bad advice from his friends, <laughs> telling him to curse God and instead... Um, he's been faithful, but he does question his situation. Um, at one point, he does ask for answers from God with a poor disposition. He has a poor disposition of, of, um, of the situation that he's in. And God responds, telling him, you know, where were you at the foundation of the earth? 
you know, like under whose authority are you are you questioning me? And we see Job's reply here in uh, chapter 42. It says, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, Who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, Listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ash. So this is, you know, after Job has aired his grievance to God, God responds, and there is a very, very quick 180 in Job's response. Um, And it's not because his situation changed. His situation did not change in this moment. Um, the, the thing that changed is his understanding of of where he is at and who's actually in a, like who actually holds authority in this situation. And if we look forward in Job, um, just a, a little bit, um, just to verse twelve, we see uh, the Lord blessed or the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. So we have a situation here where where Job, Job's life has been essentially destroyed. Um, but it has been through, like it's through God's providence that, it is, that he is then blessed and, uh, and comforted later on in life. And Daniel takes this a step further, right? It's not just earthly blessing that we're looking forward to in this case. Um, Daniel's given the assurance that it's so much more than that. It's just looking forward to an eternal life with God. Um, so then we move on to the uh, the next part chapters 11 and, and 12 uh, it says from the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination uh, that caused desolation is set up there will be 1,290 days blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of 1,335 days uh, now, there are several ways to inter- interpret this under Orthodox Christianity, and we are not going to go into those. <laughs> um, there, are, there are plenty of books to read, um, or that you can read if you want to learn more about this. Uh, the primary reason why we're not going to go into it is because the thrust is all similar, right? It's all, like the sentiment is all about um, there is a set time where persecution ends, and blessed are those who persevere to the end. Um, so again, we can maybe talk later about some of the different interpretations of of this, but we aren't going to dive into that uh, into that now because the, yeah, it kind of falls outside of the the thrust of the main point of the text here. So then we finally get to verse thirteen, and we finally get an actual answer to uh, to Daniel's question uh, of what will be the outcome of all this, and. The answer that he gets is, essentially, it is not important or necessary for you to understand. Go your way till the end. You will rest. So Daniel, after a long life of, of you know, seeing visions and accurately interpreting them, has this vision that, doesn't understand, that he doesn't understand and is told that's okay. Uh, the call is for Daniel to continue on his way, that there is rest that will be found for him, as well as assurance uh, of his final inheritance. 
And God has given this prophecy and interpretation, an interpretation um, that has confirmed that what he says is true and will come to pass. And we've seen that through the whole book of Daniel, which is all about, you know, corporate, like, you know, it's about the, the, the fortune of nations and what is happening to these nations that are rising and falling. And now he gets to something very personal. And if, if God is accurate in the prophecy and interpretation in what is happening with these nations, then, I mean, how much more impactful is that to hear about something personal and, um, yeah, and specific, specifically to Daniel in this, in this moment. Like, um, so, yeah, I, so I don't believe these final comments here in, in Daniel are necessarily meant to bring clarity to the exact nature and timing of how God's deliverance is going to happen. Um, I certainly think you can, you can get there, um, but I don't think that that's what's actually important. I do think it's meant to show us that there's uh, nothing in this life that's outside of God's knowledge and will. And the fact that Daniel doesn't understand the prophecy, I think, points to something that's really what's actually important in the text. Um, yeah, which is that uh, we're not looking towards uh, towards the next thing and trying to predict how God is going to work next, but instead we're trusting that through all the bad things uh, that are hap- that happen, that God is in control. He's working. He hasn't forgotten or abandoned us. And that there is peace uh, in knowing that uh, that God knows all these things ahead of time, and that they're within His will. Um, I mean, you know, that's what He told Israel during this time, right? Things are bad. Things are going to be bad, but that's okay. Like you can trust you can trust me because the hope and peace aren't in the situation that they're in. It's in it's in uh, Yahweh and His provision. I know it doesn't mean that life will be easy. Um, it's not always easy to trust um, that God is sovereign. Um, we like to do things our own way. Um, but I do want to wrap up in um, John sixteen thirty three. just reading one, one verse there. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Um, he's just predicted, or he's just, he's talking about his death and resurrection and about how the disciples' grief is going to turn, turn to joy. And verse 33 says, I have told you all these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So, so let's pray. Father, we just uh, we thank you for uh, for your word tonight. We thank you for uh, the assurance uh, of of uh, your sovereignty that you've given to to Daniel and to us, Lord. That uh, no matter what our circumstances are, that you are sovereign over it. Um, you have promised to to hold and to keep us, Lord. Um, so I just pray that that we would recognize that, that we would trust you, that we would lean into. Um, into trusting you when things get tough that we wouldn't try to understand or uh, try to, you know, to devise our own wisdom uh, to live by, Lord, but that we would trust you and know that, uh, that fear and obedience to you is, is uh, the wisest thing that we can do. Um, so we just pray all these things in your name. Amen.